The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio, the George Washington Broadcast Center, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio City. See, senior. You know where we are? We're in a dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound, where we do our broadcasting. And today, on Little Friday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Um. Um. Well, I got a good one if you don't have one. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say Jerome Powell, you know, the chairman of the Fed, but. Eh. Hold on a second. Yeah, go ahead. I'll look it up. No hurry. I'll make sure I get the name right. It's very important you get the name right on this. Yada da da. Gotta have the name. You can't name the name without the name. Trumpet. Pardon me. Trumpet the Bloodhound, who won the Westminster Dog Show. (laughs) Trumpet the Bloodhound. A bloodhound won the Westminster Annual Dog Show, which apparently happens every three months. <laughs> Either that or I'm 120 years old. Why does the yearly Westminster Dog Show happen every three months? I don't know. I'm told that's the first time the bloody hound has won. Yeah, what a uh, cool best looking... in show. It's an amazing achievement. One <laughs> <laughs> for breaking down more barriers. You got the first gay black uh, press secretary. Now we got the first bloodhound. When in the Westminster, just lots of barriers being broken down. Um, beat out a French bulldog and a German shepherd. Wow. You the Axis powers there. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess France was on our side at least part of the time. Well, they're <laughs> against uh, the Ukraine, so uh, yeah, I'm all for uh, defeating them. Well, was it a regular French bulldog or a Vichy French bulldog? <laughs> huh? Trumpet the Bloodhound. That's a good-looking dog right there. It looks exactly like your cartoon bloodhound with the long, sad face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. 
Hey, I just heard. You ever considered uh, putting a Sherlock Holmes hat on that dog? And <laughs> right. Pipe in its mouth. A little pipe. <laughs> um, here's a couple of stories that I just heard that, that tell you something about uh, government expansion and emergency powers and all that sort of thing. So L.A. still has rules in place, if you don't know this, across the country. Still. And they voted, or they haven't voted yet to do away with it, because they got together and met about it, uh, where you can't raise rent or evict anybody. Because of the vid. Two, yeah, two full years in. You know what the argument is? And this is the, 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 we've talked about this book before, The High Cost of Good Intentions, but there, there are lots of books and articles about this over the years. But it starts out as one thing and it morphs into another thing. So now it's, been, well, in this economy, now that the economy has turned, we can't, we can't be allowing landlords to raise rents. We've got a lot of ups and downs in the economy over my lifetime and nobody jumped in and said, hey, you can't raise the rent. But now that's just part of because we already got the momentum going, the inertia going of not letting landlords raise their rent or evict people who aren't paying. And it's going to continue for who knows how long. How long is the economy going to be bad? Could easily be years. So what are you going to have landlords that can't kick out a deadbeat for four years or raise rents for four years while everything else is going up? That's crazy. Well, and and it's worse than that, because when the economy does improve, who knows? There could be some sort of Venezuelan beaver fever or right, something exactly. that's sweeping the nation. There'll be a new... <laughs> New, uh, you know, excuse that the point of that book, which is so good, is that you have a program for a set of people uh, at, at a, for a set amount of time or whatever. And then everybody who's adjacent to that, who's one year younger or just two thousand dollars richer or comes along a month after it ends, says, whoa, 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 that's not fair. I mean, I'm just like those people. I'm only slightly different in one of those several ways. And everybody looks at it and says, you know, they kind of have a good point. Yeah, let's go ahead and expand that program or extend that program or whatever. And it just grows and grows and grows and grows and is n- and never goes away. Right. And uh, most programs do that. The, the, the example, the most classic example he uses toward the beginning, was it revolutionary? War veterans or Civil War veterans? I think it might even been Revolutionary War veterans, but it doesn't matter. One of your old-timey wars, uh, government money for war veterans. Okay, seems like a good idea. You fought in the war, you're injured, blah, blah, blah. You missed out on earning opportunities, but then, they, then you know, some. my husband died, so I don't get any money as a wife. Okay, we expanded the wives. Hey, my, my, my dad, I'm a kid of a dad who's expanded to kids, and then he expanded to... Hey, I'm a business owner. I couldn't do very well during the civil. Expanded to Bitten. Pretty soon, it was expanded to everybody. And this yeah. happens just as you said with all kinds of programs. So that's one of my examples. The if you and of course, what's the biggest contributor? They claim anyway to homelessness in California, housing prices and rent rental prices. The how, rent it's too damn high. How are you convincing a guy like me to buy a property and become a landlord and start renting it out in L.A.? I mean, who would do that? No, only a fool. Who would do that with their money? Yeah. Knowing I can't, I, I'm not allowed to set the rent, or if you know rents start going up, I'm not allowed to raise mine. At least not right. around. Every single one of my costs could skyrocket, and I can't do anything about it. See, yeah, right. so you got that. And then the other uh, example of this, uh, uh, Congress is passing some legislation that looks to extend the lunch program situation. So we already had this incredibly expansive lunch program in schools all across America that nobody voted for and nobody talks about that practically anybody, no matter how much money you make, can get free food for the government year-round, oftentimes breakfast, lunch, 
included at your mm-hmm. school for some reason. And nobody discussed this or voted on it. It just happened over time. Well, they expanded it greatly during COVID because, you know, COVID. And now <laughs> with, the, with the same argument uh, as uh, L.A. is using for the renting, well, with the economy now, we need to continue these expanded free lunch programs and free breakfast programs. And so there you go once again. Who wants to eat? Who the f- wants to eat? Go have something to eat. There's a grateful recipient of the government's largesse there. Uh, Right, so it's (laughs) year-round. There's no proof of any need or anything. You could be anybody show up, and the government now will now feed you. And and as you pointed out, nobody voted on this. Most people don't even know it, including like your own school. Right. Um. But man, beware emergency powers. They just and there's no doubting. That the pandemic was an emergency. It was one of the biggest emergencies in world history, no doubt about it. But man, you got to be beware of emergency powers, the way they morph into other things. Well, and I love how you said uh, they changed it uh, during COVID because of, you know, COVID. Uh, COVID is like it's the one size fits all magical word that, that should cause everyone to shut up and stop asking questions. For instance, you know, I've got this story where uh, a ton of COVID money was used on these highly questionable climate change programs. Well, wait, whoa, whoa. What does uh, climate change have to do with the pandemic? Well, COVID, you know, COVID. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Spend the millions and millions of dollars. COVID money. Please. The, the government is a giant slush fund that allegedly puts this money over here for this, that money over there for that. It's a slush fund. Let's start the show officially now that I've disgusted myself. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. And this Thursday, June the 23rd, the year 2022, we are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right. Let's begin the day disgusted then according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I call on the companies to pass this along every penny of this 18th century reduction to the consumers. This is there's no time now for profiteering. Uh, okay, we got to get more of that coming up later so it makes any sense to you whatsoever. So we won't discuss that now. Um uh there, how does mailbag look today? Oh, it's fine. It's good. Oh, some people are angry at us. Oh no. About what? What's the topic? Uh, I'll tell you when we get there. Okay, we got more. You'll ja- know what you need to know when I say you know it. We got huh? more. We got more January sixth hearings happening today. Um, I uh, know people in my personal life who uh, who who are listening to them all day long. Uh, we're into them. I, like I said, I've said many times. I feel like I know uh, what happened and and who did it and and what the punishment should be. So I I I I, I don't know. I guess it maybe convince people that aren't like me, maybe? Is that what they're hoping to do at this point? I don't know. Mm, yeah, I think so. I mean, and they're desperately trying to salvage the midterms. I mean, among other, uh, other goals. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well, we'll catch up on all that stuff. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. to the president that I wanted to play a little bit ago that got the entire world of social media running a an economics 101 class all day long yesterday was Joe Biden saying to the companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump, this is a time of war. 
global peril, Ukraine. These are not normal times. Bring down the price you're charging at the pump. <laughs> to which all kinds of people of, of many political stripes jumped in. What? That's not the way it works. Do you think they just make up the price? They just like arbitrarily? What? How do you think this works? I say, dear, we should make more money today. Let's jack up the prices on our customers. Yeah. Well, how do you, so if you believe that, how do you think it was so low for the past several years? They just thought, you know, we've got enough money. <laughs> I feel so greedy. Let's cut our prices today. <laughs> anyway, well, more on that later. That's just a fascinating, uh, it's, it's, as I tweeted out, uh, either the president believes that, which is insane, or he's that cynical. He's going to try to convince people that that, that, that that whoever, whether restaurants, oil companies, whoever, they just get to randomly set prices and, and charge as much as they want. Sure, sure. You might walk into Walmart and that package of paper napkins costs $150 tomorrow, and you'll just pay it because that's how it works. Yeah, we ought to talk about that next segment. I love that. That's crazy. Yeah, he's either pig ignorant or, or bitterly, <laughs> bitterly that's cynical. A, that's a, uh, it's a harsh term. That's descriptive. Hey, here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. From TJ himself, the man, Thomas Jefferson. Timid men prefer the calm of despotism to the tempestuous sea of liberty. All right. I, uh, yes. I think I have, uh, I've had conversations with people like that recently, I believe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's unquestionably true. Mailbag. You can email us if you like mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. You can also do it through the website, but I don't read those as much. I don't know why. Uh, ah, yes. Uh, my idea of 100% unemployment for two weeks to cool off the economy. Steve in Silicon Valley says, uh, we tried that experiment once. It was called two weeks to stop the spread. Mm. Yeah, remember that? Good times. Jeez. Yeah, I know. Uh, let's see. Uh, boy, a lot of folks commenting on the whole January 6th committee discussion. Uh, this is Jack, who says the so-called January 6th committee is a joke. It's made up of only those personally picked by Pelosi. They exclude any evidence they don't like. You are wrong about Trump. Okay, what's... Okay. No, actually, I'm right about Trump, and I'm certain of it, my friend. Oh, uh, let's see. Guys. Writes Paul. I appreciate your expressing your displeasure with the state of politics today and endeavoring to spread your disapproval evenly across the political spectrum. Personally, I find the blindly loyal cultish followers of Trump, who's demonstrated himself to be a horribly flawed human being, to be as scary and off-putting as the religiously woke soldiers of the progressive left. They're all creepy, and their behavior is how I imagine the ignorant, unwashed masses behaving in pre-enlightenment times. At least pre-enlightenment folks had their ignorance as an excuse. We should know better. Being of quote-unquote voice of reason doesn't fly too well these days, especially among those who have a fiduciary responsibility to attract an audience. Or maybe it flies way better than people think, but too many have been afraid to try it. I hope that's it. In any event, please keep fighting the good fight. Thanks, Paul. It's nice of you to say. Uh, (laughs) Let's see, was there more on that? Ah, yes. Uh, Let's see. Grace makes uh, several points and says, I know you'll never read my email on the air because it does not for the narrative of the left and your station does not want to get on the libs bass side. I I think she means it does not fit the narrative of the left and our station does not want to get on the libs bad side. No, I'm not going to read your email, Grace, because you don't make a very good point. It's just kind of dopey. 
Although she does talk a little bit about people being overcharged for wandering into the Capitol on January 6th and not participating in any of the violence. At least I mm. think that's the point she's trying to make. Uh, and, and anybody who is being overcharged is some sort of, you know, whatever, you know, overreaction to their presence there. The, the, you, justice needs to be done. You know, that was its own thing, the storming of the Capitol and the beating people in the steps and all that sort of stuff. But um, uh, I think I'm of the mind now with some of my favorite pundits who are making the argument, the real the focus of the, 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 the nearly losing our democracy part was the groundwork being laid that you're hearing about in the hearings for months of trying to coerce people and to come up with, you know, completely false different slates of electors and all that sort of stuff that's Mm -hmm. where the danger to the democracy was that day at the capitol we're gonna survive that it was awful awful absolutely awful but you know they they waited till later and then voted then well i agree with you completely and and it's not an or it's and great email from jt a frequent correspondent uh detailing Everything that happened in 2016 with Hillary denying the legitimacy of the election, actually trying to seat 10 faithless electors, all sorts of stuff that was a precursor to yep. uh, 2020 and January 6th. And we'll go over that, too. There are There is so much tar on both sides. Yeah, we, we got to where we are in steps of our just... Everybody, like we keep saying, everybody taking this all for granted, just assuming that the uh, the republic will withstand any amount of cynicism. It won't. Got this note from Phil, who lives in Carmichael, California, not far from the radio ranch. Uh, so this afternoon, I dropped the my girls off at a salon five minutes away to get their haircuts. Ah. Uh, one lady uh, was working there who said I could sit and wait. I said, I only lived a minute away. I'd come right back. As I drove home, my mind quickly thought of the Uvalde murders, and I thought, I'm just being paranoid. But when I went to pick them up, the door was locked. And when uh, the gal unlocked the door, the woman was completely unhinged. I learned that a big homeless man with his shirt off had come in and was rambling and wouldn't leave. She was terrified, told him to get out. The man who owned the building also owned the sandwich shop next door, saw what was happening, he'd called 911, came over. I guess the homeless guy tormented that shop first. Uh, he had cameras in the salon, sheriff showed up, thank God it ended. So glad he, he was deranged because, I'm sorry, so glad he didn't have a knife or gun because he was deranged. Ugh. Yeah, unbelievable. So, should I be paranoid or let our girls have the freedom we enjoyed? Or has the homeless drug junkie problem nullified that? Yeah, it depends on where you live. Yeah, it sure does. And then uh, we don't have much time, do we, Michael? 30 seconds. Uh, Lauren made the point that uh, one lesson we must learn from the Uvalde shooting, and I don't know if this was a factor in this case, but merit is the only thing that matters in police command. Merit, merit, merit. Not sex, not ethnicity, merit. Mm. Thought it was a good point. Yeah, that is good. Uh, We got much we can talk about today, including the economic lesson from the president that makes no sense whatsoever. And I think is a good point of discussion. Uh, if you miss an hour of the show, you can grab it in podcast form at Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Armstrong and Getty. Grand Canyon University, an affordable private Christian university, is one of the largest and fastest growing universities in the country, offering more than 270 programs online. In addition to federal grants and aid, GCU's online students received nearly $130 million in institutional scholarships in 2022. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu slash myoffer to see the scholarships you may qualify for. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A couple of quick texts we got on our text line, which is my favorite place to get them, which is 415-295-KFTC. Um, uh, one of the texts was long and wordy, and then they texted back and said, uh, the one word was blah, 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 not blah, blah, blah. It was voice texting. I really think there needs to be a different font or color of print or something to indicate when you're voice texting. And then we all get a pass for the fact that we're voice texting and, you know, didn't go back and fix all the problems. Right. Because sometimes you can, sometimes you can't. I, I always try because I, I just I'm enough of a grammar national socialist. I hate to have my words contain, you know, nonsense. But if you're voice texting, it shouldn't count. It should be a different thing. I think. Well, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I would be off the hook. I wouldn't have to be ashamed of using the wrong form of there, for instance. Exactly. And we got a text from somebody who said, who got, said I got into the stock market yesterday. My motto is to buy low and sell high. Wish me luck. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, now's a pretty good time, actually, if you got extra money laying around. Probably, although you never know. Oh, speaking <clears throat> of the stock market, this is good. You're going to like this. Warren Buffett said that there's one key choice in life. That separates the doers from the dreamers. Oh, boy. You got my attention. Oh, I'm telling you. We'll hit that probably hour two, I guess. Being part of the coffee generation, does that help? Drink lots and lots of coffee. Yep. Mm -hmm. Man, I crushed my coffee today. Holy, I don't know why. Nice job. Um, Thanks. thanks. (laughs) So... Uh, so President Biden said this yesterday during one of his speeches around the whole price of gas. And it's uh, all your politicians know that the number one issue in America is inflation and particularly gas. So they're all having to act like they're trying to do something about it. And Joe Biden said this. My message is simple to the companies running gas stations and setting those prices at the pump. This is a time of war, global peril, Ukraine. These are not normal times. 
bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you are paying for the product. Do it now. Do it today. Your customers, the American people, they need relief now. So there's a fair amount of reaction to the president saying that around your uh, your social media um, from uh, doers and thinkers that Warren Buffett would probably be proud of. And I'll go with some of Tim Sandifer's um, uh, commentary on it from yesterday. Jeez, does he think these companies just make up prices like they just get the gas for free and charge whatever they feel like? This is science denial, pure and simple. It is economic ignorance on such a revolting level that it can't actually be ignorance. It's sheer demagoguery. See, Exxon just has free gas lying around and puts it in tanks and then just makes up a number and sticks it on the sign if it wanted to. It could change the number, but it just doesn't because they're evil. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Um, getting a little more um, complicated about the, uh, the conversation rather than, uh, you know, that sort of talk. Uh, I don't know who, other than the freaking president of the United States, needs to hear this, but prices are information signals. They are a way of tracing how resources are used or could be used. They're a way of calculating trade-offs. Exxon gets gas from people who charge them for it. If Exxon can't pay off that cost, it can't get the gas to give us. Exxon's suppliers, in turn, have their own bills to pay. If Exxon doesn't pay them, they have to pay those bills in some other way, say by fishing, and then we don't get the gas. Prices aren't just randomly set by evil, greedy corporations at will. They have to get their costs back and pay their bills, and that means they have to set them high enough to recoup their costs and low enough that people don't shop elsewhere. They aren't just making the prices up. That means they can't just snap their fingers and make gas cheap. If they could do that, we'd all be living in Candyland Utopia. <laughs> Instead, they gots to get paid. Obviously, right. if you if you charge too much, your competitor will say, well, we're not going to charge that much, and then get all the business. You'd be out of business. If you, charge too, if you charge too low, you can't pay all the suppliers that Tim was just talking about. That Surely you learned that somewhere along the line. And so the question to me is really more, does President Biden not know that? Does he actually think they're just randomly setting the prices? Or is he just demagoguing in the worst way to the dumbest people? Yes, precisely. Number one, before I forget, every child in America, every young person in America should be required to take a business math class. A class about inputs and outputs, costs and and, and insurance and just business mathematics so they understand how business works. Because that's how we feed ourselves. The, The average American knows so little about how the world feeds itself, which is a crazy thing. Secondly, to your point, I was just going to say they've lost everybody but the stupid. And so they're trying to solidify the stupid vote. Well, it's it's a rarely discussed voting block. I think, that's, that's all that's left, I guess. I think the best question, if you're going to be a journalist and ask a question, is why was gas so cheap two years ago? They just didn't feel like making $6 a gallon? They thought that'd be too much money or what? I mean, Well, that was before Putin's price hike and Putin's tax hike. Well, that's a different argument. Yeah. So he's, he's doing a little bit of throwing everything at the wall to see what will stick. It's... Putin, it's the evil oil companies. Right. It's greed, um, corporate greed. That's just such a weird thing for a president to say. Yeah, yeah, it is. And what's now really is not the time with inflation and war. Now's not the time. You need to lower your price. What? <laughs> Man. Uh, what was I going to say? It seemed interesting at the time. Oh, it'll pop it back into my head at some point. That's, that's, I find that fascinating. 
Oh, yeah. It, it is the worst sort of demagoguery. Oh, now I, I knew it. Uh, there it is. Back in the, the, the filed under New York Times. There it is. Uh, the New York Times actually reported several weeks ago, and we brought it to you, that um, that within the Biden administration, there were most of the, the cabinet was saying, we can't say it's greedy companies raising prices. That's just patently false and silly. And the decision was made, at least temporarily, all right, we're not going to bark up that tree because it's just too dumb. And again, this is the New York Times reporting this, but evidently, they decided they got nothing but that, so they're going with that. Yeah, we uh, we probably should play this. Um, uh, you know what? We'll give you the long version since we're on this topic, as Jerome Powell kind of went against his boss's narrative yesterday. That's the guy that runs the Fed when he was being questioned about why inflation is so high, how much of it is Putin. Let's go with cut 35 there, Michael front of a screen playing images of war coverage in Ukraine, President Biden again blamed high prices on Vladimir Putin. So for all those Republicans in Congress criticizing me today for high gas prices in America, are you now saying we were wrong to support Ukraine? Are you saying we were wrong to stand up to Putin? But the Federal Reserve chairman doesn't agree. Would you say that the war in Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? No, inflation was high before, certainly before the uh, war in Ukraine broke out. And Team Biden doesn't have a direct response to that. How do you swear that? Is he wrong? I, I didn't hear what he said on that, but I think most people acknowledge that the price of fuel is a big driver of inflation. And in fact, they've put large percentages on it. Yeah, okay, well, there's a non-answer from Jennifer Granholm, the energy secretary. Is that what she Yeah, is? yeah, exactly. Boy, was that a cavalcade of ridiculousness but your own fed chair said no we had high inflation before which everybody knows right. that 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 line is not working well and and the point's been made as well in terms of uh gas not only are they not blameless they are to blame substantially because all of the companies that would be building refineries or expanding refineries or building pipelines or whatever to get more energy into the market to lower the prices have been told in no uncertain terms that there being two political parties in this country, one of them has made it infinitely clear, if you invest any money in any facet of oil production, it will be wasted. Because the minute we get power, we will say, yank a permit for a pipeline that's been approved over and over and over again, and the billions of dollars you spent on that are going to be wasted, and there's nothing you can do about it. You don't think that's had an effect on the oil industry? Come on. So I went to bed last night reading a number of pieces leading me to believe that the gas tax holiday would happen, but I woke up this morning with reading articles saying there's not the votes, Republicans or Democrats, to make it happen because a lot of people think it's silly, as Barack Obama did years ago. We did that story yesterday. Um uh, I saw the math done on uh, MSNBC, I think they were doing the math, and coming out to be somewhere between 4 to $5 a month it would save the average family. You know, that's uh, that's not much no matter who you are. Because, yeah. f- first of all, $4 today was, you know, two seventy five a couple of years ago. That's how much inflation is. So, yeah, I just I just don't think that's... It's a gimmick, and and why? And why? But then I heard an argument, and I hate this sort of argument. Is and the other part of it is it just encourages people to drive more. And with climate change, we don't want to do that. Eh, 
nah, quit saying crap like that. I hate when you say stuff like that. Well, and folks who are generally on my side of these discussions are saying, well, lowering the price will actually uh, cause a rise in demand. Um, right. And, and technically, they're correct. Although, you can't simultaneously make the argument that this, well, it's such a small break, break in the price, it doesn't matter. And simultaneously say, well, that break in the price will uh, up demand. It's, it's just, it's, it's inconsequential. Hey, have you seen the video of the like world class swimmer who fainted while she was swimming? Have you seen that? Just saw a still pick. Oh my gosh. I didn't know you could faint while you swim. Yeah, she had I don't know what happened was Especially it, uh... as a great swimmer. Apparently it's happened to her a couple of times. She's got some sort of situation. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she she fainted, sunk to the bottom of the pool. Coach yeah. had to jump in and save her. Might be time to take up golf or something. Yeah, I'm thinking if I faint while I'm swimming, regularly end up at the bottom of the pool. Yeah, something else maybe. Yeah, yeah. The bottom of the pool is a fine place to visit, but you wouldn't want to, you know, stay there for an extended wow. period. What a deal. Uh, anywho, we got lots of stuff to talk about today. What do you think? Heck yeah, we do. Uh, school's out for summer. School's out forever. Alice Cooper, 1970, whatever it was. I jammed. But, I jammed. I, well, first of all, I. I pulled up to pick up Sam from his last day of sixth grade, Friday before last. And one of his friends was sitting over on a bench singing School's Out for Summer, School's Out Forever. Yeah. And I thought, wow. Yeah. It, that, that, you're, that, that's the many decades past uh, its prime. And uh, it's still still popular among kids on the last day of school. Glad to see it. Well, and, A, it's a great rock song. Sure. And B, obviously, the sentiment is timeless. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And Sam wasn't really familiar with it, so he jammed a little... Alice Cooper, as we're wont to do, as we <laughs> drove out of the parking lot. But still, still time. But you're saying school is out forever. For teachers, hundreds of thousands of teachers have said, that's it. I'm out. I know two. If I know two, and I don't know very many people, extrapolate that. That's probably a lot of people. So last minute request, squeeze them in during the commercial break, or maybe we'll, we'll take a look later. Email us. Are you getting out of teaching or have you recently gotten out of teaching and why? Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Email us real quick. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com or when you can. Yeah, or obviously your husband, wife, or daughter, or son, or whatever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleha Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. 
as someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Some of the stupidest headlines. Amber Heard spotted shooting at grocery. Uh, Amber Heard spotted grocery shopping. What was in her cart? <laughs> Actually, a headline. I like when you bring us the uh, clickbaity headlines from the New York Post. The growing mermaid culture. Which I don't know if you're aware of that. <laughs> oh boy, gotta keep on. A- uh, uh, Amazon's Alexa could soon let you speak to the dead. Well, that's something. That's. Uh disturbing so as a follow-up to our discussion about uh, the biden's just inexcusable ridiculous demagoguing on gas prices wendy writes yes we're at war the only war going on is president dimbulb's war on oil he announced he was going to wage when he was running for president that's true do we have that clip handy kiddo i want you to just take a look okay you don't have to agree but i want you to look in my eyes i guarantee you I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel, and I am not going to cooperate with you, okay? Well, there you go. If you're an oil executive, you got the message loud and clear. There's no point in investing anything. You wanted, anyway. you wanted a New York Times headline? I'm plumping on vacation. The hotel towels are so tiny, they barely cover my rump. <laughs> New York Times or Sorry, Post? Post, New York Post, yeah. not the New York Times. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound very New York Times <laughs> Well, this is not going to come as a shock to any of the educators listening to us right now, but the Wall Street Journal with a major piece, School's Out for Summer, and many teachers are calling it quits. Leaving the profession uh, where stresses have multiplied, they say uh, some 300,000 public school teachers and their staff left the field between February 2020 and May 2022. That's a nearly 3% drop in that workforce, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, which would be bad enough, but the trend is accelerating. Worn down by challenges of teaching through the past few years, more educators say they're considering doing the same. National Education Association poll conducted this year found 55% of teachers said they would leave education sooner than planned. Well, we did the story several years ago that the national teacher shortage was going on, and it crossed all uh, urban, rural, all incomes, didn't matter, just there's a teacher shortage. 
And, of course, the mainstream media jumped to the easiest, simplest, most uh, thoughtful conclusion of they're not paid enough is why. And none of the teachers calling in, emailing in at the time said that was the reason. No, it's just the world of teaching now is so sucky. That's what's driving people out. I mean, obviously, every teacher in the world would be more than happy to receive a raise, but that's not why they're leaving. And, you know, this Wall Street Journal piece is a little bit drive-by-y. Uh, just it, it throws a few phrases out there and doesn't really follow up on them, maybe f- for purposes of length. But uh, they mentioned that grappling with remote learning and shifting COVID-19 safety protocols was hard enough, teachers say. But as schools have filled back up with students, more stressors have emerged. Staffing shortfalls? contentious masking policy debates, political battles over what teachers can and can't discuss or teach in the classroom. Then they go into school shootings, and and there were a number of shooting incidents at schools last year. That statistic is pretty uh, misleading. It's not very useful at all, because if a couple of gangbangers shoot at each other in a school parking lot at 3 a.m., that's listed as a school shooting. Um, But anyway, you know what what they don't mention, though? is the so-called restorative justice practices that now make it impossible to control a classroom. Now, we did get one email from a guy who says, if you need that uh, those punishments, you're not good at controlling your classroom. Look, dude, you're particularly gifted at keeping your kids engaged, and I salute you for that. But teachers need sanctions to keep certain kids in line. And they can't give them those sanctions anymore. Then you got every all the kids coming back to uh, to school after a year, two years of COVID. They have no idea how to act. And then they mention uh, political battles over what teachers can and can't discuss or teach in the classroom. Yeah. Well, yeah, you have a sizable chunk of teachers who are being told you have to woke up your math class. You've got to teach English, making clear that white people are evil and racist. And people are saying to hell with this and getting out. Boy, being involved in all that stuff, if I assume a lot of people are driven into teaching because they, you know, the idea of teaching a cute little third grader how to read is so uh, compelling to them. It's a like it's a vocation. Sure. Um, and then you get all that other stuff. It's like, yeah, that's not what I'm what I got into this for. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's funny. I was thinking as I listened to, to Jennifer Granholm, the secretary of education and and uh, old KJP, the new press secretary gal, who's not very good at it. Uh, there's a cost to your soul marching in every day and saying things you don't believe or saying things you believe to be wrong. That's one of the reasons people burn out in those jobs. You're defending the indefensible all the time. And I can't imagine working in education, depending on it, to feed my family, whatever, working toward retirement, I've been paying into the pension fund, whatever, and all of a sudden now, I have to teach that showing up on time and handing in your assignments and and being proud of yourself as an individual, that's whiteness, and that's white supremacy, kids. Now, open your, your Ibram X. Kendi reader to page 32, and we'll remind you of why white people are evil and all black people don't have a chance. Can you imagine being forced to teach that? A lot it, of, it would cost you your soul. Yeah, Michael? A lot of teachers are not allowed to discipline disruptive students now. Right. And so they've just given up. Yeah, and so that whole uh, control in your classroom, I don't know if you remember school, all it takes is one disruptive kid to uh, to make it impossible to pay attention or learn. They cite this one teacher, ninth grade social studies teacher, mass chaos has become a routine scene in the classroom. Mass chaos. 
Well, I didn't get to my New York Post story that I wanted to do. I guess we'll get back to the teachers later. This is a good headline also. I make nearly 10000 a month selling my toenail clippings. Huh. <laughs> if you miss an hour of the show, grab the podcast, Armstrong and Getty, on demand. Armstrong. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.